Welcome back to the Ublocrity podcast with me, Don Birch. This is the podcast where we get to speak to thought leaders and experts across the world. And my goodness, I am absolutely delighted to welcome onto the podcast Doug Heinzman, who is the Chief Catalyst at the Blockchain Research Institute. Doug, first of all, before you tell me about your background, I need to ask the question. I've never met a Chief Catalyst. What is a Chief Catalyst? <laughs> Well, it, it kind of goes to what the Blockchain Research Institute is all about. Uh, we're an accelerator. I mean, we are an accelerant. We work with governments and businesses all around the world to help them on their Web3 and blockchain journey. And uh, my job is to basically run around the world and sprinkle pixie dust and try to make things grow and grow faster. And so we we're, we're because this is the ecosystem economy that's emerging, um, the, the, the chief role that we play is, is one of a catalyst, right? We kind of sit in the middle and try to help things kind of gel together. And so I'm just the chief of the catalyst. Love that. Well, listen, I, my father's a professor of chemistry and his speciality was actually building and designing catalysts. So he'll be, he'll be pleased that I'm speaking to somebody who is indeed a catalyst, a chief catalyst. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your background, right? So, you you know, you back a few years back, you were, what, 25 years almost at IBM. What was it yeah. that, you know, tell me about that and how that got you towards doing, you know, what you're doing today? Uh, well, IBM obviously was a large technology company and uh, I was, uh, I had made many, many roles. I think I was like employee number four of software group. So I spent most of my time in software and uh, I went down to, I was, I'm a Canadian by birth, but I went down to the, the, to the U.S. on an assignment for two years and ended up staying 17 years working out of the headquarters organization, uh, mostly as a strategy executive. I was uh, responsible for uh, technical strategy for IBM software group when I led the strategy departments for a number of different divisions. Um, and then I left to become a, well, a COO originally, and then a founder, and then uh, did some C-suite positions, uh, VP strategy for major uh, blockchain platform, and uh, some management consulting. And then my my old colleague, uh, Don Tapscott, who had done a whole bunch of work with us in my IBM days, uh, basically called me up and uh, asked me to come and help him, you know, help the planet. So, uh, so I was like, well, that sounds like a lot of fun. So here we are. Fantastic. And, 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 you know, I've got the pleasure now of coming across to Toronto in a couple of weeks time for the, now the Web3 and Blockchain World Awards. Is that how to, I mean, because it's, it's W3B, right? So it's already confusing me, but it's, it's Web3 and Blockchain Transformation Awards. That's, that's what we should call it, right? Yeah. And it was, it used to be, so Don wrote this, uh, Don and Alex, his, his son, wrote this, this very important book called Blockchain Revolution back in 2016. It was kind of the first big book to actually use the word blockchain in its title. And they, you know, had this great insight that this, this Bitcoin phenomenon was kind of interesting, but the, the truly important piece of the puzzle was the underlying technology, which was blockchain, and it was going to basically revolutionize the entire structure of business. So they created the Blockchain Research Institute to, you know, catalyze that activity and to do deep research into what was happening and what was about to happen. And uh, we had uh, this big conference called Blockchain Revo uh, Revolution Global, and the awards were called the Blockchain Enterprise Awards. And then what happened in the last year or so is it became clear that a number of technologies were all kind of maturing and merging into a new platform that we refer to as, as Web3. So we had the prediction of artificial intelligence. We had the measurement of IoT. 
we had the spatial visualizations of augmented and virtual reality and metaverse. And then we had the operating system, the state engine, which was blockchain. And the state is just the, the record of transactions, the remembrance of things that have happened. And the question is, you know, when those characteristics stop being the, you know, controlled by and governed by private companies, but when they become inherent characteristics of the network, all kinds of really interesting things happen. And so because we were watching this phenomena, we basically rebranded the conference um, Web3 and Blockchain World. And the awards got rebranded uh, Web3 and Blockchain Transformation Awards. So that's how we've arrived. It's, it's the continuation of the annual awards we've been having for many, many years now. Uh, but it is kind of the, the most modern incarnation of them. Now, we're coming over, right? So we entered this award, what, maybe six months ago. Um, uh, absolutely delighted. We've been shortlisted alongside Verizon and Tech Resources. Um, but not only the awards gala, right, which is going to be fun, and I am going to, you know, uh, dust off the uh, the monkey suit and the bow tie. Um, <laughs> but it's also a two-day event, and, and there's a number of amazing speakers, aren't there, over those two days, and some great forums as well um, across things like supply chain and health. You know, what, what are some of the highlights that, that you're looking forward to? As we were planning the conference, we actually – uh, did a lot of thinking about what people were looking for. We did a bunch of market research uh, as people were kind of reintegrating with you know, society and uh, getting back to going to conferences and to you know, interact with people in three dimensions. You know, we've kind of moved past the knowledge economy uh, where, you know, you went to a conference because there was a smart person that had kind of deep insight and, you know, they imparted information to you to much more of a flow economy where the importance was being in proximity or participating in the dialogue and the conversation. And so we've kind of reimagined the conference to be much more experiential, uh, much more dialogue, conversation oriented, much more opportunities for networking and socialization. And we themed it all around a Canadian wilderness camp theme. And so we've got fireside chats and main lodge you know, gatherings and, um, you know, campfire sessions and, you know, the whole decor is all kind of wilderness and it's going to be great fun. Uh, and then, as you were mentioning, we have a number of, of specific streams that uh, we're going to explore Web3 and blockchain in the context of things like digital assets in distributed finance or decentralized finance in healthcare, in um, you know what we call blockchain for good, the whole ESG question, carbon, you know the, the carbon credit marketplace space, and then so people will be able to, you know, delve deeper into those particular areas and interact with uh, world experts in those spaces as well as their peers. There's you know there's kind of two different approaches, and depending on where companies are, they they tend to kind of towards you know one or the other, a bit of a mix. You know, one is that you want to kind of interact with your peer companies to, you know, garner insight into what the state of the art is and what the lessons learned are and, you know, where the blind alleys are and, you know, what's the art of the possible. Um, but then there's a lot of companies that engage in these sorts of activities because they want to know what's going on in other industries, what lessons are learned in other industries because they talk to their peers all the time. We, you know, we very much thought of this as a, a as a bit of a gathering and um, much more of an experiential engagement with delegations coming from all over the world. You made me so excited just listening to the, the format and the way it's going to be run. I feel like I'm going to have to dust off my L.L. Bean now if it's like, you know, Canadian awesome. campfire, awesome, right? Dude. I mean, I'm going to bring my bean boots. Why not? I want to fit right in. Um, 
and and I love this notion that you know I, when I worked in the marketing sort of social media sector a few years ago, we'd go to places like South by Southwest, and one of the best things about being at one of those events was this kind of cross pollination of ideas. At the time, I worked for a retailer, but actually seeing what somebody was doing in a completely different segment, in a completely different world to yours. You know, I remember seeing one talk, and it was about how in the future we'll be suing our own AI equivalent of ourselves, right? The AI version of Dom will be like wanting to leave the physical body of me and will sue me for that separation. And I remember thinking, either I'm really hungover or this is a really, really weird speech, but it didn't half get me thinking. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to maybe this idea then of cross-pollination while I'm over in Canada. Well, there are a number of the streams, right? Like the the digital identity stream or the Web3 and DAO stream or the metaverse stream or the ESG stream or even the digital asset stream that um, really will intersect many, many different industries. Uh, so it'll, it'll, it will be a mix of people from different points of view and perspectives and experiences. So, so let's talk a little bit what, you know, about some of the sectors and some of the things that we're up to, right? So Although we're a startup business here in the UK, we're, we've teamed up with a consortium of companies, actually, to help build a solution for supply chains. And you really utilising the blockchain in a way that allows, I guess, people within a system that where there is a, you know, a lack of trust. And that could be where regulatory authorities or it could be where people in a retail supply chain, even though they might have a customer, they don't really want to share all of their data. And we're beginning to sort of build these ecosystems, if you like, that allow the data to move whilst only allowing certain parties access to that information and starting to sort of like re-engineer and break down some of these you know, quite ancient ways of moving across international borders or transacting between different nations or different companies. It's a really exciting time. And, and you know, just been able to put that out there and then wonder, what's everybody else up to in the world right now? Um, is an exciting, it feels like a really exciting moment. And, and maybe that's just because I'm relatively new to blockchain. Is it still exciting for you? You know, you've been around this industry and probably have been thinking about this for, for decades. I have, but it is exciting because it's kind of two, two major things are happening. One is that there happens to be, you know, the maturity and the convergence of some very important technologies that aren't just disruptive technologies, but are foundational technologies. And it really is only kind of once in a generation that, you know, systemic infrastructure, foundational technology emerges. And that means that, you know, kind of all the rules change. So that's that on the one hand is exciting. The other part that's kind of exciting is that we have this this artificial accelerant, right? You know, whenever human history, whenever society has kind of gone through a major stress, whether it's a, you know, a war engagement or, you know, some sort of significant economic um, stress, uh, first of all, there is a, you know, tendency towards quality. A lot of the excess and frivolity gets kind of, you know, shed out of the system. But there is a, an opportunity to fundamentally rethink how things are done. And there's a lot of innovation that kind of pours in. And I think supply chain is actually a really good example. Um, the, the pandemic has exposed just how unbelievably fragile our, um, our, our supply chains are. The number of containers that are stuck in North America and in Europe and not going anywhere. And the number of ships that are just kind of you know floating around uh, without port access and the cascading effect through the supply chains that's just been you know devastating to you know planning the overcapacity, undercapacity, overstock, understock issues in, in many different supply chain bases are you know kind of have come to the fore. 
and even cold chain issues because of the distribution of, of, of vaccines and various different therapeutics has uh, kind of also, you know, reared its head and people are kind of looking at it. And so I think as a result, um, the, the whole space will probably accelerate its innovation. It was a bit of a laggard uh, in digitization, but I think about five to eight years of innovation are going to be squeezed into the next 18 months. And that's kind of exciting, especially when this technology is, is emerging. And this, the other piece of this puzzle is, is thinking about just how broad the problem space is, right? The, the idea of transparency and a common ledger that different pieces of the supply chain can have visibility into so that they can, they can plan better. Uh, you know, the metaphor I like to think of is uh, when you're driving your car, and kind of inexplicably, everything comes to a stop and then it kind of accelerates and it comes to a stop. And the reason is that, you know, the input that we have are the taillights of the car in front of us. Uh, but if we had visibility, 20 cars, 30 cars in front of us, many kilometers in front of us, uh, then, you know, we would make different strategic decisions, including how we would route things. You know, in a similar sort of way, that visibility is kind of transforming the way we think about supply chains and, and how effective and efficient and adaptive they can be and how resilient they can be. But there's this other issue that, you know, I, th I need, think we need to think through. Um, this technology affords us the opportunity to su substantially reduce wastage. And whether it is produce that uh, spoils in transit or it's, or it's carbon that is, is used uh, in, in inefficient sort of ways, we can start to incorporate those externalities into the, the, the pricing and the decision-making of the supply chain. And that's a really exciting possibility that we've never really seen before. We start to be able to see scope three issues in supply chain be part of that information flow and thus incorporated into both the pricing uh, and regulatory environment. So I, I think this whole space is just ripe for a complete rethink, and uh, it's going to be very, very exciting to see what comes out of this. And, and we touched on ESG a little bit earlier, and, and you know, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, I watched, happened to watch a documentary last night with Greta Thunberg, who was in, interviewed by the BBC here over in, in the UK. And, you know, they talked a lot about greenwashing. And I mean, this is something that, you know, I was in the PR team of a retailer, right? So greenwashing has, all, has long been an accusation thrown at, at companies, big companies particularly, uh, from the, the NGOs out there. But now with it being a regulatory requirement, the bar is getting raised every year. And, and now to accurately um, quantify your carbon impact, for example, blockchain is definitely going to be one of those enablers, isn't it? Where even if it wasn't necessarily collecting that data at the start, the fact that we know every single journey, we know the, you know, potentially the provenance of the product and the ingredients in that product, we know how long it was chilled, we know when it arrived and where it went next. You know, gradually over time, you can imagine how these systems are going to actually enable finger on the button absolute accuracy to the full end-to-end -end impact of that product and then, as you say, price that in or, or tax it down. Yeah, I, th I think that's right. You know, there's a bunch of different pieces of this puzzle and the greenwashing issue has been a problem. I think it's the greenwashing issue has been a problem and of late, the, the give me a carbon credit for not doing something problem, 
right? Whether it's, you know, okay, I won't, you know, clear cut pieces of the Amazon. If you pay me not to do it, I won't develop a particular, you know, oil or gas field. If you pay me not to do it, you know, there's, there's these sorts of peripheral issues that I think are somewhat are very problematic in the, in the marketplace. So, there's a bunch of solutions to this. Um, blockchain combined with IoT will allow us to, you know, measure uh, these things in ways that people should have confidence and ledger those measurements uh, appropriately. And then once they're ledgered, to be able to move them throughout the supply chain and have you know, not only the goods but their carbon content change uh, custodianship. And that because of the blockchain, we can enforce digital scarcity so that we're not double counting things and inflating things and allowing people to you know, get greenwash cover off of an inauthentic, uh, unauditable you know, measurement. And I, so I do think that uh, it, it means that there's integrity. And once you've got digital scarcity and integrity, you can make marketplaces. And once you've got marketplaces, you can tax, regulate and price in the various different, you know, those externalities that we've just let slide on the, well, on the side. And so I, th- I think that's got the potential to really change the, how the whole system works. I could probably keep on talking to you right up until this conference <laughs> in a couple of weeks time, but um, I'm, I need to be respectful of your time. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the, your Block podcast. You've really wet my, my appetite, really wet my appetite for coming over to Toronto in a couple of weeks time. Hopefully I'll get to shake your hand and say, thank you for putting on the event. Well, you're, you're very welcome. And I'll, I'll just give a quick plug uh, because of course we're, I can't wait to meet you in person and, and your colleagues. Uh, but if anyone else is interested, uh, you can go to w3bworld.org and find out information about the conference. And, and uh, we hope to see you in Toronto. And don't you worry, I'll put all of those links and all the socials on the description of the podcast too. But in the meantime, Doug, chief catalyst, not only a catalyst, but the chief catalyst of the Blockchain Research Institute. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Great pleasure. Thank you very much, Tom.